Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Rock and roll in hour number three of our radio program. That's right. It is the Zach Gelb Show, coast to coast on CBS Sports Radio. Um, let's get to two other storylines from yesterday in the NFL season. We've done a lot following week 10, which does conclude tonight with the Broncos and the Bills. I guess that could be a decent primetime game. But some of the the recent primetime games, Jets, Chargers, boring. Last night, close game between the Jets and the Raiders. But it's crazy. It was the race to whoever could get a touchdown first. And I know Stu's happy because Michael Mayer made an enormous great snag in that uh, back right side of the end zone. But that was a torturous game. For us football fans to watch. Like the only reason I thought that game was entertaining. Is because my best friend is a dope. But he's like a dopey Jet fan. Where it's amazing how he keeps on believing in this team. When through his entire life outside of two seasons. They have tortured him. They have kicked him in the cojones. And they have made him look stupid over and over and over again. And my friend the entire year thought. That the Jets, once Aaron Rodgers goes down, was going to still be able to be this great football team. And I'm like, all right, maybe at best you guys can make the playoffs. Like, it's clear. The Jets, if they had Rodgers, would be one of the best teams in football. Because you have a great defense. Brees Hall's a good running back. And Garrett Wilson's a heck of a wide receiver. And then all these other pieces, like Alan Lazard, who doesn't work with Zach Wilson, would work with Aaron Rodgers. Even though Alan Lazard has a bunch of problems. Now, the biggest problem with the Jets is Rodgers isn't there, and their offensive line stinks. But when you go to Zach Wilson, you already gave up on Zach Wilson. And how they didn't make a move for Josh Dobbs or Jameis Winston or Jacoby Brissett at the deadline, it is mystifying to me. And it's almost as if Joe Douglas let his ego get in the way. Not almost as if, he did let his ego get in the way. Oh, this was a guy that I picked second overall. If he can't even be a solid backup in this league, then that's a problem. It's a bad look. I mean, it's already a bad look on you. And you survived from that because you got Aaron Rodgers there. 
We've seen teams mess up their draft picks before and their coaches and general managers survive. It's not usually likely, but we've seen it. Look at the 49ers. Now, they built a great team, but the 49ers survived because of that roster. Even when they moved up and they made all those that crazy trade to go get Trey Lance, they survived that. And I'm not saying Joe Douglas is John Lynch and Robert Sala is Kyle Shanahan because I don't believe that either of them are that great, but you were surviving that. So in a year like this where everyone now is going to give you the benefit of the doubt and they were going to give you a pass because Rodgers got hurt four plays into the season, you then say, yeah, we're going to go back to Zach. And not just going back to Zach. Like initially I thought it was a fine move. But Rodgers got hurt in week one, four plays into the season. So after a few weeks, you should have seen enough that reconfirmed that Zach Wilson stinks. But the Jets keep on having kitty gloves on when they play with Zach Wilson. So, Stu, last night, the only reason why I found that game entertaining was because I saw the suffering pain of my uh, best friend thinking that the Jets were actually going to win that game. And I was uh, very happy with my under bet. I did bet Devontae Adams anytime touchdown because it was at plus 240. Sucker bet because the only one that got into the end zone was Michael Mayer last night. But where are you at just wondering before we transition to the Texans taking care of business against the Bengals and the Vikings winning again? Where are you at now with your Raiders? New coach, new life, new blood, new opportunity. And now this Raiders team somehow, some way through 10 weeks of the season are uh, sitting there with the five and five record. And now they have a win streak. They have won back-to-back games. <laughs> they have stacked dubs. And they went right back to the well of the victory cigars once again last evening. Yeah, might as well keep doing it until they lose, which will probably be happening soon because they have the Dolphins at Miami this week and then they have the Chiefs twice in like a four-week span. The Vikings yeah. charges in there too. They the could Red go Hot Vikings, five. make sure that you get That's, that right. I know. I, I told you last week I thought that would maybe be a win coming off of a bye, but looking how Josh Dobbs has looked with the Vikings, that might be a loss. So they might be on five in that stretch, to be so honest. So they're five and five right now. Yeah. They will lose to the Chiefs. They'll, yes. uh, they'll lose to the Dolphins first, so yes. they'll be five and six. Then they'll lose to the Chiefs. They'll be five and seven. I like the Vikings right now. They're going to be do five too. and eight. Short week, I think they bounce back against the Chargers. That's fair. They should split, and they almost won that game last time, right? Right. Yep. So that gets them to six and eight, right? Yes. And then Chiefs will Loss, probably be six and nine. Six and nine. Colts, ah, you could get a win. Seven. Seven. Broncos. Maybe. All right, eight. Eight and nine's not bad. That's not bad, no. If he gets his team to eight and nine. He should get the job. He should get the job. And this is what I wonder. Will Mark Davis learn? So Mark Davis had Rich Basaccia, who replaced John Gruden after the whole Gruden scandal. Basaccia gets that team to the playoffs, and he had to deal with a lot more crap than what Antonio Pierce had to deal with. Pierce was just taking over for a guy that people hated. The players didn't hate John Gruden. And then you had the Henry Rugg situation, uh, Damon uh, Arnett, right, with all his uh, stupidity on social media. Like, there was a lot of serious things going on with the Raiders, and then also the Gruden scandal, which was not a good look for John Gruden. So you had to deal with all that, and they get to the playoffs where it's the year the Bengals go to the Super Bowl, and they were driving late before Carr threw that interception. There was a controversial wasn't that like a controversial uh, yeah, play? Yeah, like for halftime, there was like a inbounds, out-of-bounds uh, type of uh, yeah. 
did the guy step out of the end zone and come back type of a deal, yeah. Yeah, I remember I was freezing my tuchus off watching that game because that was the Saturday 425 game. The Saturday night game was in chilly negative two degree Buffalo where I was stuffing my fat face with wings and I was watching that game in the parking lot tailgating and I remember watching that before I entered the stadium and that was the uh, game where the Patriots just got pants by the Bills and the Bills scored in every possession that they did have. So good times. But Basaccia took them to the playoffs. They almost beat the defense, the team that goes on to win to get to the Super Bowl before they lose to the Rams, team that wins the AFC, and he didn't get the job, and they hire McDaniels. So barring it being the right big name, like if they get Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh, I don't see how you could argue it. But like outside of that, who's the name out there? You know, we could all have a preference like, the offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson, for uh, for the for the Lions. You could like Luana Rumo, the Cincinnati Bengals. Like, there's some names out there. But those guys are all gambles. Like, we all think those guys could be good coaches. But how many times does the hot coordinator end up turning out to be the actual good coach? Doesn't always happen. So, unless you get Harbaugh, and this also is that Antonio Pierce continues to have the respect of that locker room and continues to do the right thing, I do wonder... And I can't get inside the mind of Mark Davis because you have to navigate through that really bad-looking haircut that he has and all that stuff. But just, like, generally, he doesn't make the right decisions. You would like to think he would learn because it's not the same situation, but it could be a similar situation where the interim coach actually has success. But I I can't sit there with confidence that Davis is actually going to do the right thing if, and it's still a big if, Pierce continues to show that he's competent at the job. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't really have a whole lot of faith in Mark Davis, to be honest. I'm I'm glad he made the right mm-hmm. move in firing McDaniel's. That was definitely I didn't think he and shell out that. the cash too. Yeah, I didn't think he'd even do that. So the fact he did that maybe gives me a little more hope. But in the end, they probably will not hire the right guy. <laughs> it does it feel different. Wait, real quickly, you. am I wrong? Real quickly, just before you say anything, I have to make this public. I have to preface before we open up Santer's uh, microphone here. Samter is good friends with Mark Davis. He hung out with him <laughs> at the NFL draft in Las Vegas. Mark Davis actually came to the lobby. Where were we staying again? What was the name the of that Cosmopolitan. hotel? Cosmopolitan. Oh, yeah, the Cosmopolitan. Got Samter an upgraded room. Samter had like a balcony suite, and he's rubbing elbows, patting Mark Davis on the head, saying, nice haircut that you have, my friend. So Samter and Mark Davis are very close. So with all that being said, what were you about to say? He actually sent his personal barber up to my room <laughs> to give me uh, a private haircut. It was fantastic. I thought your I mean, hair was a little bit off that weekend. Yeah, it was fantastic. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, Antonio Pierce's situation feels a lot different than Basaccia, right? Basaccia so. felt like a... a it's not going to be as good, though, as what Basaccia did. Well, we don't know. I mean, They're not Antonio making the Pierce, playoffs. Well, I'm not saying that he might make the playoffs this year. I'm just saying that the expectation and what Antonio Pierce can do with that team... Antonio Pierce is a rising star in the coaching ranks. And I've followed a him. A rising star? Yes. Antonio Pierce, I, I watched him when he was at Arizona State because mm-hmm. that's my team. Yeah. He, the, the reviews and the reports about him then was that people wanted him to be their coach all over the country in college football. Yeah, he got sloppy with recruiting and all that stuff at Arizona State. Right, but State, a lot of that had to do with, yeah. with other things that wasn't him, but mm-hmm. some of it was him, and a lot of it was COVID rules that yeah. lot, I think a lot of coaches a lot were of a little junk. bit unsure about what the rules were because they changed for that one year. No, they, they knew what they were. They just 
They're rules in college football. No one really follows them because they're stupid rules. Right. So, at the end of the day, I don't care what rules he broke in college football. Oh, neither do I. If he's a good coach, he's a good coach, especially in the NFL. It doesn't matter. He's a rising star. Basaccia was like, he was a lifer. He was a lifer who had been there for a long time and was like, you know what? This guy deserves a chance. Let's just kind of give him a shot to, like, be the interim for now. Antonio Pierce feels like a guy that... Young, up and coming. Young, up and coming. Has the voice that players listen to. He's energetic. He's smart. He's talented. He has two things. A lot of other teams would want to have Antonio Pierce as their coach. I think Mark Davis makes the right call and actually keeps him long-term. He has two things. Number one, he has the respect of the locker room, which is enormous. Now, there needs to be a difference in having the respect of the locker room and just not being a doormat for the players. I don't think Antonio Pierce is that. And the other thing is, and you saw this when he was a player, he's a leader. And how we thought of a football coach like 10, 15 years ago, is drastically different than the football coach that we think of today. Like Mike McDaniel doesn't scream to me successful football coach when you just hear him speak and you see his press conferences. The guy's a successful head football coach. So guys like that, Nick Sirianni as well, those are guys that end up having success. And Antonio Pierce has the look of the coach. Antonio Pierce has the feel of the coach. And it's just going to be, will Mark Davis continue to allow him to have that opportunity and will he hire him full-time? Because it's a big step to go from interim to being the permanent guy. Now, you know who kind of Antonio Pierce reminds me of? Because I, I said McDaniel and I, and I said uh, Sirianni. Does it kind of remind you more so of Dan Campbell? Former player, rah-rah guy, leader of men, football guy. Like They're talking last night. Josh Jacobs, I want to make you the focal uh, part of the team. In 2023, when like no one respects the running back, we want to run. The linebacker that made the interception, when you have Max Crosby, we only want you to be like the star player in the defense. He's talking running backs and linebackers. Now, you got to eventually find your quarterback. And no one ever thought Jared Goff was this big-time stud when he got to Detroit, and Goff's been good enough. I don't think it's Aiden O'Connell. But you see that philosophy. It's very similar to Dan Campbell, we're going to win in the trenches. We're going to bite your kneecaps off. We're going to kick your ass. We're going to take names. And we're going to win football games. And you need the right mentality to turn over a dumpster fire of a situation. Dan Campbell did that with the Lions. I am curious to see if Antonio Pierce can do that with the Raiders. But it takes two to tango. Pierce has to show his worth. He's done that so far. They're 2-0. And then also, you need Mark Davis to do the right thing, and that's hire him as a head football coach. And that second part, the back end of that statement is still one where I'm like, hmm, I can't trust Mark Davis because it's death, taxes, and Mark Davis finding a way to mess it up during his tenure as the owner of the Las Vegas Raiders. Sorry, Stu. I know that was probably a lot for you to take in right there. At least you got some ice cream today. At least you got some ice cream. All righty. Real quickly. The Texans beat the Bengals. The Bengals score right out of the gate. They're up 7-0. I'm like, "Uh uh-oh. Here comes Cincinnati. They're humming. Then the Texans score 20 unanswered points. Then the Bengals get back into the game. Late in the game, when it's in the balance, we don't know who's going to win. C.J. Stroud throws a terrible interception. And it's third and short. People saying they should have run the football. They didn't. How quickly C.J. Stroud has been able to bounce back has been remarkable. Like, last week, we all thought that was impressive. Obviously, the 479 passing yards, the five passing touchdowns, the stats speak for themselves. They're historic. But this week, 
especially coming off the victory when everyone's hyping you up and you go down the field in 46 seconds to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after they just got the ball in the end zone to then answer back the following week and march down the field again against a better opponent shows that C.J. Stroud is the real deal. C.J. Stroud going into last week showed a lot of signs of being the real deal. And we talk about, right, D'Amico Ryans as a potential coach of the year. We all know C.J. Stroud's going to win offensive rookie of the year. But there's legitimate buzz today about C.J. Stroud winning the MVP. And I'm not going to say that he'll win the MVP, but you can't tell me there's not a chance. I still don't believe the Texans are going to make the playoffs. I don't. I think they're going to come up just short. Now, can they catch the Jaguars and win the AFC South? Maybe. But I still think the Jaguars, even after their terrible performance yesterday, will win the division, and the Texans will be contending for the wild card, and they'll come up just a hair short. But you have now seen them get the head coach right, and they've got the young quarterback right. And that made an organization go from being a clown show the last few years to now quickly starting to show signs that they're going to be a force for a while if they continue to make the right moves. But for the MVP conversation, it's not far-fetched. Go around the league this year. Mahomes isn't winning the MVP this year. I don't think Joe Burrow's winning the MVP this year. Tyree Kill and Tua Tungavailoa, they're going to split votes. And they're on the same team with the Miami Dolphins. Jalen Hurts, I guess, has a case to be made. Lamar Jackson has a case to be made, even after that interception yesterday. And Lamar will probably win the award because I still think the Ravens are going to win the AFC North. But there's not a lot of great names out there. And if the Texans make the playoffs, and if you want to go by the definition of the award, most valuable player, well, C.J. Stroud wasn't on the Texans last year. He was in college. And he has come in in the toughest position not only in football, but in sports. And he has quickly made himself a top 10 quarterback. He has quickly showed signs of being an elite quarterback. I'm not saying he wins the award because I do think the Texans come up just short of making the playoffs. But the fact that there's even a conversation one way or another about C.J. Stroud potentially winning the MVP this year shows you that the Texans got it right and the Texans are going to be damn good for a while. And then finally, the Minnesota Vikings, five in a row. They are now six and four. Their next three games are cupcakes. This team is going to be nine and four heading into the final four weeks of the season where they do play uh, the Lions twice. You have the Packers and you have one more opponent mixed in there uh, for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I think it's the Cincinnati Bengals, if memory serves me right. Let's see. Uh, Bengals, yep. Lions, Packers, and Lions. The Vikings go from a 1-4 and four start, having no prayer of making the playoffs, losing Kirk Cousins for the season. Justin Jefferson now coming back, but he's been hurt. And this team 6-4, and four, even if they only win two out of the next three against the Broncos, Bears, and Raiders, they're going to be eight wins by the middle of December with four weeks remaining. All you need in the NFC to get to the playoffs is going to be nine wins. You get nine wins, you're a lock to make the playoffs this year. And there's no doubt in my mind with the story of Josh Dobbs, I don't even think Josh Dobbs is great, but he's playing great right now, that they're going to take advantage of these next three weeks, and they are now a lock. And this is not me getting on the radio and saying, oh, I think they'll make the playoffs. No, the Minnesota Vikings are a lock to make the playoffs. And something that needs to be talked about a little bit more, Brian Flores. Brian Flores, their new defensive coordinator, the Vikings defense the last few years has been brutal. That is now a good, solid defense. 
You look at this team. This team's just getting better. Hawkinson's a stud. Addison's a good young player. Osborne out with an injury. They still got to figure out the run game. Dobbs playing well. And oh yeah, you get maybe the best wide receiver in the sport back soon in Justin Jefferson. And all I said before the year, the Vikings just need a serviceable defense. Flores has done a good job. I just don't see a way right now after starting off one and four, now being six and four, that the Vikings don't make the playoffs because of how easy their schedule is the next three weeks. And they will, without a doubt, bare minimum, get to nine wins and be a playoff team. Zach Gelb Show, CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Touchdowns, sacks, upsets, and last-minute heroics. Another NFL Sunday is in the books, and we've got you covered with the biggest plays and sound bites from another wild week in the National Football League. It's time for No Huddle Offense on the Zach Gelb Show. Oh, the Cockroach Cowboys fans are popping right back up. Six and three. We beat the Giants twice. We beat them 40 to nothing. We beat them 49 to 17. You were going up against the Giants. They stink. Tommy DeVito is their quarterback. If you didn't beat them 49 to 17, that would be a problem. What, should we have Ryan in Santa Barbara send you some ice cream to make you feel better? Like, give me a joke. Now, give me a break here. What a joke this is. 49 to 17. Now, Cowboys fans are like, yeah, we're back. We're here. We're force. We're dominant. Watch out. Here comes the Cowboys. We're going to march to the Super Bowl this year. Please. Now, give credit to Dak Prescott because he played well in the game. And you can only go up against who your opponent is. Dak was uh, taken out of the game because he was so damn good. 404 yards and four touchdowns. And also did have a rushing touchdown. You add that all together, four plus one is five. So five total touchdowns for the Dallas Cowboys quarterback. But let's pump the brakes a little bit. 
on saying that the Cowboys are now this force. But here is a 41-yard touchdown pass to Michael Gallup. Good to see him get in the end zone as the Cowboys took a 35-7 lead up against the Little Giants. First and 10 at the Giants, 41. Snap to Prescott, well protected, deep down the right side. Gallup in the end zone. He caught it. Touchdown to Michael Gallup. What a throw and what a catch. 41 yards. So now people ask, does this win, Zach? Does it change your view of Dak and the Cowboys? No, they're a good team. They're not a great team. And my analysis has been spot on this year. They beat the Giants, the Jets, the Patriots, the Chargers, the Rams, and the Giants. Those teams all stink. They're all below 500. Or 500 and below. Like, what makes you think in a big spot against the Eagles? Oh, they got close, but yet so far. All right, you play the Seahawks, the Eagles, the Bills, the Dolphins, the Lions coming up soon. This team's not going to get on a, on a run. They're not going to start rolling through teams. And in the playoffs, Dak will be driving late and Dak will come up small because he's the definition of a good but not a great quarterback. Let's go to SoFi Stadium. What a football game this was. You get points, you get points, and you get some points. 41-38 to 38 was the final score as the Lions roared to 7-2. and two. The Chargers, oof, they fall to 4-5. and five. Here is the Lions going for it on fourth and two inside uh, the 30-yard line of enemy territory in the Chargers to eventually set up the game-winning field goal. Fourth and two for the Lions. There's the shotgun snap for golf. Back, looking, throwing, caught. First down to the 20 and down to the 19-yard line goes Sam Laporta. Hey, rookie, you just came up big, man. You just came up big. What a call on the Lions radio network. I think that's how we should refer to people around here. Hey, veteran Samter, you just came up big. You just came up big. I you like that. Me twice. I love that. Let's start yelling at people in the hallways. Hey, Pat Boyle over there. You got a show coming up, Brooke. You just came up big, Brooke. You just came up big. Kind of like that. Imagine if Spike starts treating us that way. <laughs> that would be good. Uh, now the Lions. Seven and two. We were wondering before the year, we knew the Lions were a good team, but could they take that next step with all the expectations? There are only two losses. They got smacked by the Ravens. That was a bad one. The Seahawks back and forth at home. You'll lose in overtime. Can't crush them for that. This team's going to have a ton of wins. They're seven and two right now. They play the Bears, the Packers, the Saints, the Bears, the Broncos. The next five weeks, they should have 12 wins after that stretch. They should. Maybe you drop one. And you get to 11, but that's not even going through the entirety of the rest of their schedule. This team is damn good. And they may get, I said this a few weeks ago, watch out for them. Even though I think the 49ers are better, watch out for them to be the second second seed. And if the 49ers have to go to Detroit, or if the Cowboys have to go to Detroit divisional round weekend, and the Lions are coming off a win, where the Detroit Lions haven't won a playoff game since 1991, yeah, good luck going into that building and finding a way to get a victory. Jared Goff, 333 yards in the game, two touchdowns. Amara St. Brown, eight for a buck 56 and a score. David Montgomery, sensational. That long 75-yard touchdown run had 116 yards with that score. And Jameer Gibbs starting to get hot. Healthy and hot. 112 all-purpose yards and two touchdowns. Herbert, stats look good. 323 yards, four touchdowns and a pick. Keenan Allen, 11 for a buck 75 and two touchdowns. Austin Eckler with 115 yards. But for the Chargers, you got to start winning games. 
and you don't win the games. So that's a problem. Brandon Staley, you're as good as gone at the end of the season. Welcome back, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray had a rushing touchdown in the game. You know, it was a fun watch between two teams that are like, eh. We know the Cardinals aren't good because they had no quarterback. Well, Dobbs was solid for them, but they don't really have a great team. And the Falcons, they are starting to trend the wrong way. But Kyler Murray comes back, shows he belongs. 19-32, 249 yards, and that rushing score at 33 yards on the ground. And he drove his team late to get that game-winning field goal. Listen up to Matt Prater. Hit that kick. Short one, 23 yards. Here we go. The snap's good. The ball's down. The kick is up. And the kick is good. And the Cardinals win it. 25-23. Welcome back, Kyler. Kyler Murray engineering the game-winning drive. And Arizona gets its second win of the season. You're going to have to have a top three pick to get Caleb Williams or Drake May. You may have to, if you want one of those guys, have a top two pick. The Cardinals, who have the Texans' first-round pick, that's not going to be a top uh, three pick. And right now, if the draft started tomorrow, Arizona would be picking four with the Bears in front of them via the Panthers, the Giants, and the Patriots. All three of those teams need quarterbacks. I think the Cardinals will pick up, like, let's say, four total wins by the end of the year, and they'll be just short of being in that top three category. And I'm starting to think maybe they could fall in love with another quarterback. Daniels out of LSU. Um, Is it Michael Penix Jr.? Like whoever else that is. Whoever the quarterbacks are that start to emerge after Williams and May for this draft. And maybe you fall in love and then you move on for Murray. But if I was a betting man now, I do think the Cardinals are going to keep Kyler Murray. And Samter wanted me to uh, talk about this right here. Are the Cardinals making a mistake playing Kyler and losing the number one pick? It's a good point that uh, Big Mike CBS brought up. I think you got to play the games. I do. And I think when you have a new coaching staff, it's a bad message to kind of say, let's hold out a player who's ready to play. So I have no problem with the Cardinals playing, uh, paying Kyler Murray, playing Kyler Murray on the field. And if he plays well, He's not a bad quarterback. He's a good quarterback. You just wonder if he could be great. It's not the end of the world having to go with Kyler Murray for another year. Then one of these hyped-up quarterbacks who could be great, and there's big expectations with those young quarterbacks, but how many times do we have big expectations with a young quarterback in college that they don't pan out in the NFL? Browns and Ravens. I still can't believe. This is nothing against the Browns. I still can't believe they won the game. When this game at one point in the third quarter was 24-9, and then the fourth quarter was 31-17, to It's just wild how quickly this game did change. I remember we were watching an eye on football and the Browns, right? It's 31 to 17 uh, Baltimore. Then you had the touchdown by the Browns to make it 31 to 24. Okay, you get in the game. Right after that, you get the pick six and it's 31 to 30. Ravens get the ball back. They punt and then the Brownies march the ball down the field and they hit the game winning field goal. Uh, Dustin Hopkins, who missed the extra point when it was going to tie it up 31-31. He misses that extra point. He bounces back with this 40-yard field goal. Shotgun takes the snap, looks to his right. Ball is... What's wrong Shotgun takes the snap, looks to his right. Ball is swatted high in the air, and it is intercepted by the Browns. Greg Newsom along the sidelines into the end zone. Touchdown Cleveland, 33 yards off the deflection at the line of scrimmage. No penalty flags. And the Browns are within 131-30. So that was the pick six, obviously. It's fine. Samter wrote, 
This, uh, this is not me throwing you under the bus. That no, it was no, a no, Dustin, no. This is my Dustin mistake. Hopkins this is field my mistake. goal. I'll take it. <laughs> hey, hey, veteran, what are you doing over there? <laughs> Why'd you mess up? So I'm what, the Mark what, Davis what was wrong no with, the, with the field goal call? Yeah, you were getting in my ear. I'm trying to listen to the call, so I wasn't really listening to you. There was a you. flag in the middle. Like, there yeah. was a flag on the field goal that ended up not mattering. But in the middle of the field goal call, they're talking about the flag rather than the actual field oh, goal. Oh, is that right? So it wasn't Which is a, a very Cleveland call. thing to do. You think you win. And then it's like, up oh, there's a flag. We never get these to go our way. So then you're going to freak out as if the kick's going to get pushed back, and then you're going to miss it. And, and the call was like, oh, and the field goal is good. There's a flag on the field. There's a flag. Gotcha. What's this flag? Like, he barely even, like, talked about the oh, field goal. Oh, and it's not their usual play-by-play guy because, unfortunately, he's sick. And isn't it my BFF, Andrew Siciliano? So it makes sense he would mess it up, Andrew Siciliano. Like, let's be real. Wasn't, Mac, it, wasn't it Paul Keels that did the game? I thought it was – is Andrew – he was filling in a few weeks, so I still don't know if he's filling in right now. So we, we didn't have the uh, the actual call of, of that play-by-play. Play me that one more time. I could tell you if it was Siciliano, just the, the pick six. Shotgun takes the snap, looks to his right. Ball is That's swatted high Siciliano. in the air, We're and it is intercepted by the – Doesn't that sound like Tom McCarthy a little bit, right? So that gave me the, the approval right there. So who, who's the play-by-play guy? Uh, it was Tom it was McCarthy Paul this week. Does Ohio State. Oh, that was McCarthy. It was Tom McCarthy this so week. So that was the TV call there. No, that was the radio call. So is that Westwood? Well, where the heck is this call from? Tom, Tom McCarthy was filling in for Jim Donovan. Oh, he was on and the Jim local. Jim Donovan was, is the normal uh, announcer on the local Cleveland Browns radio. Correct. Doesn't McCarthy do TV now each and every Sunday? He does a lot of different things. Okay, man, this got real confusing. We take shots, and then it's not people we take shots at. We play the wrong calls. Let me tell you, this is a its all Santa's a fault. really smart radio show. Right, if you've never listened to us before, you, sh- you should not give us the benefit of the doubt, <laughs> if we're being crystal clear. But it's wild how quickly that game did turn, and it's good that the Browns kicker, Dustin Hopkins, bounced back because he would have got destroyed um, if he missed that extra point and it came back to cost him. I was watching Anthony Lima. Uh, he was uh, doing some live feed from a bar, the talk show host in Cleveland. And every fan, Samter, like you said, had a similar reaction where it was, oh, the flag's on the field. We're not going to celebrate. We have to wait, wait, wait to make sure that the flag gets picked up or that it doesn't come back to haunt the Cleveland Browns. Anyway, Browns win. Long story short, uh, short, do you start to consider the Browns as a Super Bowl contender or a contender in the AFC to get to the Super Bowl? The Browns have a great defense, a great defense offensively. I love their line. I like Amari Cooper. Good to see Elijah Moore get into the end zone. Watson played better, but I just still can't trust Deshaun Watson. I think the Browns will be a playoff team. I don't think they're going to be a team, though, that finds their way to an AFC championship game, let alone a Super Bowl. Commanders and Seahawks. Geno Smith, 27-yard pass to DK Metcalf. This set up the game-winning field goal by Jason Myers. Seahawks need to get about 20 yards. There's a shot down the middle. DK has it. Spins out of one tackle. He's dragging guys down to the 25-yard line. But now they got to get up to the line of scrimmage. 13, 12, 11. Seahawks running to get to the line of scrimmage. Gino gets everybody set. Six, five, four, three. He spikes the ball. What a pass by Gino. And what a clutch play by number 14. DK Metcalf, a 27-yard reception just when they needed it. You know, it's wild when you watch the Seahawks because there's times where they pop and you're like, wow, this team could be a real force. And there's other times you go, why is this a game? I think the Commanders are better than what we give them credit for. But the week prior, they got blown out by the Ravens who are a really good team. 
They just survived and had to come back against Cleveland after a P.J. Walker interception. They played a sloppy game against Arizona. Geno Smith driving late, throws a pick up against the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, this team is just wild. They beat the Lions back in week two in that crazy up-and-down game that ended in overtime with Lockett with the, with the walk-off. This is just who the Seahawks are. I think we need to embrace that. Seattle, to me, has a ceiling of just being a division-around team. I don't think they go any further than that. And finally, here's Roberts Belaine, his interception of Zach Wilson. This seals the game just when Zach Wilson is starting to drive and just when Stu's probably shaking in his boots saying, uh-oh, the Raiders are going to lose this game and Zach Wilson's going to do it again. Here is uh, that interception thrown by Zach Wilson. Shotgun to Wilson. Five-step drop. Dumps it short. And it's picked off Spillane at the 15, 30, 35. Chase down from behind at the 40. Robert Spillane with his third pick of the year. And the defense does it again. So there you go. Uh, what an interception right there. Uh, Aiden O'Connell gets a victory. Am I supposed to believe in Aiden O'Connell? No. That offense was terrible. Aiden O'Connell stunk. Zach Wilson stunk. And the first team that scored a touchdown ended up winning the game. Both those defenses played well. Uh, the Jets have a good defense. The Raiders don't have a good defense, really, outside of Spillane and uh, Max Crosby. But those offenses were just so putrid in the game. And you felt like the Raiders just had more star talent, so they were going to find the way to win the game with some of the stars that they have on the offensive side of the ball. That's your no-huddle offense. We will come on back. We'll wrap up the show update time first. Here he is, the Ackman, Rich Ackerman. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. It's time to ask our Ask the Pros question of the day, and it's brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Kevin in Baltimore says, Zach, who do you think will win the AFC North this year? You could submit a question by tweeting at CBS Sports Radio or at Zach Gelb, Z-A-C-H-G-E-L-B. Follow on Instagram and Twitter. Using the hashtag AskThePros, Stink O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. Get guaranteed low prices and excellent customer service from the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. O-O-O-O-Reilly Auto Parts. Uh, coming up this weekend in the NFL, this week on Thursday, we have a sensational AFC North showdown on Amazon Prime Video and also Westwood One, which Al Michaels will be very happy to be on the call for that. Cincinnati at Baltimore. You also get the two other AFC North teams going up against one another this week. Pittsburgh at Cleveland. Early thought on this Monday. I think the Browns are better than the Steelers, even though the Steelers beat the Browns earlier in the season. 
Um, both defenses are excellent. Miles Garrett, TJ Watt, right in the forefront of the defensive player of the year conversation. Offensively, though, even though I don't trust Deshaun Watson, I trust him more than Kenny Pickett. The Steelers' offense, I just don't know where they're going. You know, Warren and Harris, the two of them, they could run the football. I don't love the Steelers' offensive line. Pickett can win games. He's had seven winning drives in his career, but I just don't think the Steelers' offense has it. Pickens isn't happy. Deontay Johnson up and down. Fryermuth injured, and he's a good tight end when healthy. I just don't trust this Steelers' offense. And I slightly trust the Browns' offense more with Amari Cooper. And even though Watson has not played well, he's been banged up. And he even got banged up yesterday with the ankle. So we'll see where his ankle's at, even though he said he was going to play uh, this upcoming Sunday. But I'll trust the Browns more so over the Steelers. And also, you got to think they're going to win and split these games. And this game is now in Cleveland. As far as the Bengals and the Ravens, that could be the biggest coin flip. It really can be. And let me see if there's an early spread out on this one uh, right now. I have it right in front of me. Let me just see if this is going to load. Yeah, right now, the Ravens are a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Man, that's a tough one. Because my first thought is the Bengals should win. Like, the Bengals, right, should cover that three-and-a-half point plus the three-and-a-half points. That feels like a field goal game or less. That's almost, it feels as if Vegas is begging you to plus the three and a half points there. And the game's in Baltimore too, which matters. I kind of like the Ravens. I think the Ravens are going to win. I think the Ravens win that game. Hmm. 24-17, something like that. And then if that's the case, look, we all proclaim the Bengals are back, then the Bengals will be five and five. But if the Bengals win this week, the Ravens fall to 7-4. and four. The Bengals will go to 6-4. and four. If then the Browns win, they're 7-3. and three. If the Browns lose, they're 6-4. And, and then the Steelers could be either 6-4 and four or 7-3. and three. It feels like the Steelers and Browns both should not be 6-3. and three. I still feel as if the Bengals and the Ravens are the two best teams in the AFC North. But to answer the question, let me just chime in on the poll results here. At Zach Gelb, at CBS Sports Radio, who wins the AFC North? Right now, 4.1% say the Steelers. 13.9% say the Browns, 13.9% say the Bengals, and 68% say the Ravens. If I had to rank that right now, I'd say the Ravens still win the AFC North. Lamar's got to stay healthy. I know he had the pick six yesterday. I'm not going to crush him. You know, they, they should have won that game. They blew that game. I still love their defense. So I'll go Ravens one. Even though I do not trust Watson and I don't think the Browns are a better team than the Bengals, I do feel as if the Browns are going to finish second in that division. Bengals will finish third, and then the Pittsburgh Steelers will finish in fourth. That's the way that I handicap, and that's the way that I look at that division right now 10 weeks into this season. But you cannot get a better timing when really the AFC North is the best division in football, and it's not even close. And this weekend, it starts on Thursday with Bengals, Ravens, and then Sunday, 1 o'clock, Steelers and Browns. And you look at all four of those teams, Bengals, good defense, Ravens, good defense, Steelers, good defense, Browns, good defense. It's going to come down to the offenses. And Lamar, up until yesterday, in that fourth quarter, is playing like an MVP. Joe Burrow is healthy. And he made some mistakes yesterday. 
Steelers can't trust their offense. Browns can't trust their offense. So I will ride with the Ravens to win the AFC North. But if you want to order those teams any way you want, one through four, with how it is through the first 10 weeks of the season, I can't call you crazy. Because either the Steelers or the Browns are going to be seven and three. No, unless there is a tie, one of those teams are going to be seven and three coming off that game Sunday, one o'clock in Cleveland. And uh, finally, I'll give you a thought on the game tonight, Broncos and Bills. This is an enormous game for Sean McDermott. Sean McDermott can only lose this game because if you win, people are going to say, yeah, the Broncos, so what? Like, it's amazing how some national pundits try to suck up to Sean Payton. And this team is not good. I, I get it. They beat the Chiefs. I get it. But just because they've won back-to-back games taking down the Packers and the Chiefs, I'm now all of a sudden supposed to say, oh, here comes the Broncos. The, Bron- the Broncos got their damn act together. If the Bills win this game tonight, my reaction so what? But if Buffalo loses, and we know Buffalo isn't a lock to make the playoffs this year, this puts them at 5-5. Five and five. And I do think that a lot of people are starting to turn on Sean McDermott. And this is going to be a tough decision for the Pagula family and also Brandon Bean, who's very close to Sean McDermott, going back to their days together in Carolina. Because if you don't get your damn act together, and there's a lot of criticism at the end of the season, and this looks like that's the direction it's heading in, there's going to be a lot of people calling for McDermott's job louder than the people that are doing it right now. And the Bills schedule the rest of the way. Broncos and Jets, you got to win these next two games. you got, you got to get to 7-4, and four, and they should be both those teams, even though they lost to the Jets early in the year. Because then the schedule picks up. Back-to-back-to-back weeks, you have the Eagles, the Chiefs, and the Cowboys before ending out the season with the Chargers, the Pats, and the Dolphins. So I like the Bills to win the game tonight. The spread is eight points. Oh, that's tough to trust Buffalo. Especially, even though this Broncos defense has not been great this year, they do have Patrick Sertan. I don't feel great about the number. I would probably tell you if I just look at the over-under, and then the line, this is probably a no play for me tonight. It is a no play for me tonight. I'm going to St. John's, Michigan, so I'll be catching the end of this game. I'll lay the eight points with Buffalo, and i probably take the under of 47 and a half. Great show. We'll talk tomorrow, everybody. We out. Bye-bye. Thank you. Peace. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 